Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. And I would just say this to you and, and to me too, to us as God's kids. God hasn't called any believer to be on the sideline. None of us are to be observing from the sideline the work of the Lord. Everybody could be a part in some way. Every single believer has a part to play. And so don't be comfortable. Don't ever get comfortable sitting from the sidelines. Find you a way in the will of God to be a part of what God's doing. There's some way for you to be involved in everything that God is doing. In your walk with the Lord, have you ever lost the vigor to work for his kingdom? Are you in a place in your life where you love Jesus, but you feel stagnant? Today in his message, Pastor Bill wants you to know that you need to find a fire in your life and be active for God's kingdom. You are saved by his gift of grace, but that doesn't give you a free pass to let God do all the work for you. If you want to be in communion with him and find passion in your life again, put in the work and further his kingdom. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Judges chapter 5 as he continues his message, The Song of Deborah. David wasn't going to beat Goliath, little bitty cute kid he was. He wasn't going to beat this big old massive giant with war. But, but the Lord was going to beat him through David and, and show forth his glory and, and, and demonstrate to all of Israel on that day that my hand is upon this, this kid, that that is your king. I've anointed him. He's going to be the one. And so um, for us, you know, if we got things that we're going through today, it's a really healthy thing to look back. Um, that's why it's also important for those of us that have been through things. Maybe as you, you counsel, you interact with your friends and you hear something, share your stories of God's faithfulness. You know, I get together with other pastors and we're all at different places in, in ministry and what we're going through. And so there'll be times where I'll be, you know, I'm starting to get, you know, I'm tripping, you know, I'm going through different things and I'll talk to this pastor and he's like, oh man, well, I've been there. Yeah. You know, I, I talked to pastor Tony and uh, I, I, I probably like him. He's just so straightforward. But I was telling him, man, we're at this building and this thing happened. And he said, oh, man, you know, he said, uh, you know, we're you know, I'm, I'm talking about I'm stressing over thousands or tens of thousands. He's in he was in a building project. He's dealing with millions and tens of millions. He said, hey, man, he said, he said, you know, we've been there before, too. man." It, it, it's, he almost treats me like that's kids cute. You know, God, God, going, you know, God got that man. Nothing, you know, and he. he you know, he does it in the most, you know, godly way. He's not making fun of me in any way, but he he he's talking to me like, oh, this is a cute little thousand dollar problem. Boy, you ain't got nothing to worry about. You know, go on, go on and say a prayer and go on down the road, man. You're gonna be fine. And he always tells me, you, you call me back and let me know when it works. See, I told you, I told you. He always tells me that, you know. I appreciate it, you know, because it's true, you know, not not once. I've never not been able to call back and say, This is how God did it. And he doesn't he doesn't extend a hand to do anything. He's like, I want you, you, you God's going to do it. And then I want you to come back and tell me how he did it. And, and, and then the next time, I'm going to remind you of that time. And it's a healthy thing to look back on what God has done. Amen. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do it for yourself. Sometimes you do it for your brothers and your sisters. You share it with them. Uh, let them know what God has done. And so um, I wrote this down in my notes. And I'll tell you that worship can be a witness. Uh, our giving thanks to the Lord for what he's done. It can be a witness to other people. It can be a witness to believers. It can even be a witness to non-believers as we make sure that they understand that things aren't just happening to go well, but we're, we're ascribing the, the, the reason why things are going well. We're ascribing the, the reason is to the Lord. God did it. Uh, I don't want you looking at me thinking, oh, you're so lucky. No, 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 not lucky. I'm blessed. 
You know, God's faithful in my life. Not lucky. Oh, man, uh, how'd you work that out? I mean, you, you so smart. No, no, no. I'm, I'm blessed. God's so faithful. I know God. I pray. I've been, you know, this, the, the Lord is, is, is working. And, and those are opportunities that you either can take it upon yourself and rob God or, or you can speak forth the truth. Oh, I didn't do that. God did that. And, and it's an opportunity to be a witness to those that are looking at you and, you know, witnessing. They're witnessing what God's doing in your life. And you get an opportunity as they witness it to express who's the author of this blessing upon your life. Who's caused things to go this well for you? You know, we want to make sure we give God all the glory for all the things he's doing. Okay, look at now verse uh, six. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were deserted and the travelers walked along the byways. Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. And so she's speaking about the, the climate in Israel before she stepped up. When they were in bondage, um, it says that um, the highways were deserted. Travelers didn't walk by the highway. I mean, it was just business had ceased. You know, the, the children of Israel were under such oppression and bondage. The enemies weren't letting them do anything. They weren't buying and selling. They weren't being fruitful and producing um, it says later on at the end of verse uh, eight that there was not a shield or spear um, seen among a thousand, a thousand and forty thousand in Israel. So the enemy had also disarmed them. And so not only the enemy oppressed them, you know, just didn't let them just quench them in every way, took all their weapons away. Y'all can't even fight. Took everything you got. Now, here's the thing, because this is where they messed up. The enemy had took their physical weapons and they weren't walking with the Lord. They were messing around with idolatry. They weren't tapping into their spiritual weapons. And so as believers, we need to be mindful of this, that Satan can touch so many things. Uh, he's got access to so many things. There's some things he can't touch. Can't touch your faith. Unless you, faith is something you got to yield. He can't touch that. Um, he can't touch your, your love for God. He can't touch what God is doing in your heart. There, there are things that he can't touch. He can work from the outside, but he can't get in here. You have to, you have to let him in here. And so... You know, he may work in your life. He may take this away and move that and mess this job up and break a situation over here. We saw what he did to Job. God allowed it. God allowed him to go all the way up until death. Just don't kill him. And we see how wicked Satan is. Killed all his kids, took all his possessions, made sure people came back to back. I wanted to overwhelm you. And so before this guy get finished telling you that all your stuff is gone, this guy coming to tell you and all your kids are dead. And then before it's done, your wife is coming over to tell you just curse God and die. You know, that'd be a good idea. I think, you know, and just overwhelmed. You know what Job did? He worshiped in that moment when Satan was telling God, he's going to curse you to your face. Says Job fell down in a pot of ashes, said naked I came, naked I shall return. The Lord is given, the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it says and all this Job didn't sin with his lips. And I'm telling you guys in the unseen realm in heaven, I'm telling you that God was looking down saying, aha, that's why I told you Job is my guy. I'm a, but Job don't know I'm going to bless his socks off later on. I'm going to do stuff that I'm going to make up for all this. But, but, but right now, Satan said he was going to curse me. He just worshiped me. Right? Anybody that's been in this church for a while, I'm always telling y'all, do not ever fall victim to the trick of Satan to get mad at God. People get mad at God because this thing happened. This took place in my life. This person did this to me. This was taken from me. Somebody I love died. I got sick with something, so forth and so on. And, and in those moments when you need God the most, Satan's like, get mad at him. Look what he did to you. Look at, look at what he did. That's not fair. God's not good. 
Satan just will lie to you. And if you buy that lie, right, you'll, you'll be disconnected from the, the healer of your hurt. You'll be disconnected from the comforter. You'll be disconnected from the lover of your soul. And, and then in reality, you're mad at God for not keeping a promise he never made. There's not a promise in scripture that says that bad things won't happen to you as a believer. It's not there. There's nothing in the Bible says that, you know, you know, I can't get sick at some point, that something can't be taken away from me that I wanted to keep, that some difficult thing. That's just not there. It's not there, you guys. So if I get mad at God for not keeping a promise that he didn't make, Satan got me twice. God never said that. Now I'm mad at him for not keeping a promise he didn't make. You know, and now I'm disconnected from the only help. And guess where I end up out there with nothing. I don't have now. I'm, I'm mad at God. Turn my back on him and say, he's like, that's right where I want you. Just out there with no God. Stay out there for a while. And he'll send you some whack friends and some dumb ideas and some new stuff to get into. But it's not going to be good for you. And so um, we want to be careful that those are great opportunities to worship. Maybe sometimes on your worst days, everything just went wrong. Those are great days to just bow down and say, you know what, Lord, thank you for saving me. I can't thank you. I'm not saying you got, I'm not saying, you know, I'm thank God, thank you that my car broke down. Thank you that my kids is acting up. You know, it's like the Lord. Anyway, right? I can rejoice in the Lord in the midst of all that. While all that's going wrong and I know I'm looking for the Lord to fix it. God, thank you that I'm going to heaven. I don't deserve that, but I'm going because of what you did for me. Thank you for loving a sinner. Thank you for intervening in my life, Lord. I can still thank God for that no matter what else is going on. Amen? And that's a victory in that. There's a victory in being able to get your heart and mind to that place where you could just enter in and say, Lord, I'm here, I'm living, I'm seeing, I'm observing, but I'm worshiping you in the, in the midst of what's going on and you're still worthy of my praises. And so um, I, there's so much in this I want to point out. So um, in verse seven, village life had ceased. It, it ceased in Israel. It says until I, Deborah, arose a mother in Israel. And I just want you guys to note that she could have, she could have said, I arose a prophetess in Israel. I arose a judge in Israel. She was a big deal. But she says, I arose a mother in Israel. And I almost, almost talked about this on Mother's Day. And I just would throw it out there for free to the moms. You might be a lot of things, mommies. You might be boss over here, something over there. Highest calling, mother. Highest calling. That is, she says, you know what? I arose a mother in Israel. I'm a mom. Um, and of all the things that she could have identified herself as, she said, I'm identified with that. My God given, uh, my God given gift and privilege to be a mother. And so, um, I say that to you women because we live in a society that is wanting to put that down. Women are right now living in a society. You live in a society right now where people want to make that seem like that's, that's, that's so old. Like don't waste your life. You know, there are women that are literally, I don't want to have a bunch of kids. And it's, it's just, then what about my life? It's a, it's a very selfish time that we're living in, um, but it was always God's model and idea that believing married people would have babies and raise them up in the ways of the Lord. The mom would be the primary caretaker. Dad would be out there working. Mom would be training them up in the way they should go and raise them up in the ways of the Lord. And it's the highest calling of a woman in that culture, in our culture. The culture now don't agree. Uh, the culture now is sending a lot of different messages. I'm not saying a woman can't be something else. But this is the highest calling, right? What higher calling? What, what more could you do? What, what could be more impactful than raising up a generation of kids under your roof that they know the Lord? Because you, 
You, you led them to the Lord. You, you spoke to them. You, you're the first one to share the Lord with them. You got to live it out in front of them. You got to be the one to take them to the places to, and you know, you got to be the one to take little Timmy and Jimmy and Johnny and Jane by the hand and take them to the house of worship and teach them the lessons and talk to them after. What a blessing, right? You don't, we don't live in a culture that celebrates that. Um, you guys know in our fellowship, we have a lot of families that have a lot of kids. Um, you know, there are places where I've talked to some of the families here and they're like, yeah, there are places you know, you get pregnant again, like, again? Another one? It's like, another one for the Lord. You know, we, we got the, we, that's a, that's a, such a worldly mentality. We have to be able to celebrate that. Um, I tell each one, hey, it's another one for the Lord. It's another one for the kingdom. You know, uh, we pray for them. We, we celebrate that. That's another life that's in the hands of believers to be trained up in the ways of the Lord. How, 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 can, how can that not be a blessing? So, mommies, uh, you know, I hope y'all be encouraged. It's a blessing to be a mom. And if you're praying about whether you want to make some babies, get married and go on and make some babies. See what the Lord do. So, all right, moving on. Verse, um, verse uh, nine, it says, my heart was with the rulers of Israel who offered themselves willingly with the people. Bless the Lord. Uh, here she just expresses, look, my heart was with the people. Um, Deborah was not out there just about her own thing. She wasn't for herself only. She looked my heart. I'm with the, my heart's with the other leaders and the people that offer themselves. We're, we're, we're collectively. God uses a group. God uses all of us. And so, yes, she's Deborah. Yes, God used her. But she's look, I'm, I'm my heart's with the people. That's great. That's a great example and dynamic for leadership. That is it's never going to ever be just about a person. Um, God raises up groups of people together that, you know, it's a body of believers with all the different gifts and all the different pieces, all the different parts working together. And so she said, look, my heart was with the rulers of Israel who offered themselves willingly with the Lord. Bless the Lord. That's where my heart was at. My heart was with them. And her body was with them too. We'll see that she actually went out with them. Look at verse 10. Speak, you who ride on white donkeys, who sit in judges attire and who walk along the road. Far from the noise of the archers among the watering places, there they shall recount the righteous acts of the Lord, the righteous acts of his villagers in Israel. Then the people of the Lord shall go down to the gates. Awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake, sing a song. Arise, Barak, and lead your captives away, O son of Abinoam. And so what's going to take place here as we move down, starting in verse 13, um, she's going to recognize that the Lord is fighting for them. And she's going to begin to name the people that, that went to battle and that were a part of what God was doing. She's also going to point out, name, uh, and expose those that didn't. And, um, you know, this isn't, I mean, I look at this, it's a, she's thanking the Lord. She's appreciating what God did. And she's like, man, Abinoam and Benjamin and Ishakar and wham, you guys, thank you for it. You guys came out and, and recognizing that it was a team effort. These guys came out. But then she's going to put on blast some people that y'all y'all didn't come. Y'all was sitting around twiddling. <laughs> you were thinking about it. And I want you to consider this. I was reading this and thinking like, how does that fit into this song of thanks to the Lord? You know, how does it, is that right? Was it right that she put on blast those that didn't help, that those that didn't get involved? And um, I would say, yeah, you know, the Holy, this is inspired by God. The Holy Spirit puts it here for our reading, for our remembrance. Um, it, we, for you guys, for the men that went through Nehemiah with us a while back, the same thing happened in Nehemiah. Who are the, who are the, who are the people in Nehemiah when all the list of everybody that helped, who was the people that didn't help? Anybody remember? Nobles. The nobles. Good job, brethren. So the nobles. 
They, 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 it's, and it, they, they're named out. They're put on blast. Everybody was helping. It was men with their daughters out there. You know, this guy with his daughter were putting up the door. And I mean, you got what a shameful contrast. You got men and, and hit baby girls out there working. And then these nobles was like, nah, I'm putting my shoulder to the work. You know, I'm too busy for the work. And it should demonstrate to us. I, I read that and I'm thinking, God, please don't ever let me be a noble. Please don't ever let me be that, that big of a deal in my mind that I can't put my hand to the work that you're doing. Um, that none of us would ever see ourselves as that big of a deal. Um, because when you read this story, you realize that the big deal was God. And what pleased God was all the people working together. That was the big deal. That'll always be how it works. In the kingdom of God, there'll never be in a church like this. There'll never be an individual that gets to be the big deal. If we do it right, Jesus will always be the big deal. And we'll get together and we'll make big, we'll make a big deal of them together. You know, we'll all do our part. We'll all work together. Uh, we'll all put our hand to different things. And it'll be a beautiful thing. It'll glorify God, but he'll always be the big deal. And so, uh, so she identifies those that were part of making the Lord's name great. You know, those, the, God wrought this great victory, but he did it through people. He did it through willing people. And just as there were willing people, there were unwilling people. And so as she identifies the willing people, the unwilling people are also identified. So now look at verse uh, 13. It says, then the survivors came down, the people against the nobles. The Lord came down for me against the mighty. Uh, Again, she's recognizing the Lord came down for me. The Lord's the one doing the fighting. Verse 14, from Ephraim were those were were those whose roots were in Amalek. After you, Benjamin, with your peoples, these are the people that helped. From Mekur, rulers came down, and from Zebulun, those who bear the recruiter staff. Verse 15, and the princes of Issachar were with Deborah, as Issachar, so was Barak, sent into the valley under his command. Among the divisions of Reuben, there were great resolves of heart. And even though we made a light of Barak last week, you know, because he said, I'll go if you go. And he did. But I I did tell you guys that he did go. And right here, Deborah says, you know, he did his job as he was out there on the field. um, He commanded. He had people under his command. He was out there in the field, out there in the battle doing the work. And so, um, you know, I I just want to point that out that he he wasn't a total no show. He had a hard time getting going. and He needed Deborah to prod him. And Deborah had to say, come on, get going. You know, she had to tell him twice. But he did get going. He did go and he did get out on the field and he did lead his troops under his command. And the Lord did do a work through Barak as well. And so I hope that'll encourage someone that maybe maybe you've been kicked in the rear two, three, four, five, ten times. Lord, get, get, get. you can eventually go ahead and get going. You know, God, God's God's still God's still willing to use you. And so if you've been if you've been unwilling previously and the Lord's prodding you somewhere, you know, it's possible that you jump in late and the Lord's OK. Let's let's go now. I'll take you. I, I will we'll get moving from here. And so then it says um, again, verse 15, it says, um, and the princes of Issachar with Deborah um, as Issachar. So was Barak sent into the valley under his command among the divisions of Reuben. There were great resolves of heart. Verse 16. Now he goes into um, those that do right. Why did you sit among the sheepfolds to hear the pipings? For the flocks, the divisions of Reuben have great searchings of heart. And so now he asks that question that why did you sit around and didn't help us? Why were you sitting around listening to the sheep make noise? Um, he said the divisions of Reuben have great searchings of heart. And 
the, the idea there is, is, I mean, they're sitting around thinking about it, you know. Uh, some people sit around for a long time thinking about, we pray about that. That's how, that's, the, that's a Christian phraseology for procrastination um, for the work of the Lord. It's, you know, I was praying about that. You've been praying for a month. You reading too? Or God speaking back? You have a relationship? God talks back, you know. It don't take that long, you know. I, somebody, I've been, it's, it was a year. Yeah, I'm really still praying. No, you're not. No, you're not. I, I pray about stuff all the time. It don't take that long. God can tell you something. He can say, no, wait, go, stay, something. You ain't got nothing from the Lord? You ain't praying. You ain't praying hard enough, you know. That's just for real. So, you know, here they sitting there thinking, of just I'm thinking about it, you know. Just sitting there searchings of heart, you know. Yeah, I've been contemplating and I'm thinking about it. Here's the problem with that. God ain't asked none of us to think about anything. Pray about it. Respond to what he says. Thinking about it to get you into trouble. Um, for those that are in the Bible reading, uh, it's, it's, David is coming up. You know, David, just to, today, we're just kind of getting toward that part of the story where he's about to start tripping. And he, 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 today he made a fool of himself, you know, thinking, well, this might happen there. And, and so he, you know, let his saliva run down his beard and all these things. Now it's about to get worse tomorrow, you know, as he's, He's still going to be, he said, he's going to, going to say, he said to himself that, that this is what's going to happen. I think that the, the enemies are going to find me out. The Philistines are going to get me. And so I'll just, I'm just going to go be with the enemy. And that's what happens when you start thinking to yourself. God haven't asked any of us. He actually tells us not to in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. A verse that many people know, but few people obey. God says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path or make your way straight. God said, I'm going to ask you to sit around and think about it. I want you to pray about it. I want you to listen about it. And I want you to obey me about it. And so, um, again, so Reuben, he says that you guys got great searchings of heart. Verse 17, Gilead stayed behind the Jordan. And why did Dan remain on ships? Asher continued at the seashore and stayed by, by his inlets. And so you had... One group that stayed on the ships, they just, they just didn't come down and get in the battle. And another group that stayed by the inlets but didn't get involved in what was going on. Verse 18, Zebulun is a people who jeopardized their lives to the point of death. Naphtali also on the heights of the battlefield. So now in contrast, you got Zebulun that they're out there battling and putting their lives on the line, risking everything. And he said, look at, the, look at the contrast. You got these group over here sitting around thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. You got another group over here that's sitting on their ships, not willing to get involved in the battle. They're, they're, they're in safety, just kind of watching. You can see what's happening. How's it going? Ooh, ooh. You know, they're just, they're just like they're watching a football game. And he says, and then you got Zebulun, feet on the floor, down there putting his life at risk, out there battling, going to war. The Lord went before Zebulun, Right. And I would just say this to you and, and to me, too, to us as God's kids. God hasn't called any believer to be on the sideline. None of us are to be observing from the sideline the work of the Lord. Everybody could be a part in some way. Every single believer has a part to play. And so don't be comfortable. Don't ever get comfortable sitting from the sidelines. Find you a way in the will of God to be a part of what God's doing. There's some way for you to be involved in everything that God is doing. Um, you know, locally within your fellowship, there be things that God specifically calls you to do. But you want to be able to look at your life and say, and if, if I ask you right now, in what way are you participating in the work of God in your city, in your context, in your community? Like what in what way? Um, there should be something you can say in this way. You know, um, I participate in this way. I'm serving in that way. Um, you might be praying. 
faithfully. That's a, that's a part of the battle that needs to be happening. And we won't get very far without that. And so you might be one that says, you know what, I, I do faithfully pray for the ministry, for the leaders, for the things that are going on. I take the, you know, I take the bulletin home and I look at the events that are coming. I just go down and I pray for them. We need people to do that. Much of life is cyclical. There are seasons that cycle through and then start over again. You see the pattern or cycle of the Israelites in the book of Judges. They rebel from God and sin, bringing judgment on themselves. But then God sends them a deliverer, and they turn back to following God. But eventually, they turn away and start the same cycle over again. Do you think God got tired of that cycle and wanted to throw in the towel with these people? If anything, the book highlights God's mercy when the Israelite people were undeserving of rescue. But this is the God we serve, one who's looking to redeem and rescue. He also wants you to genuinely turn back to Him, not questioning His goodness or faithfulness, God's long-suffering. And He proves this time and time again in the book of Judges. Have you been enjoying this series in Judges? Pastor Bill has been working his way through this book here on The Transforming Word. If you'd like to hear additional messages from Judges, head over to calvaryinglewood.org. Look under the teaching tab for more messages. While you're on our website, you can download our mobile app to take teachings with you on the go. Something else you might find at our website are links to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Stay connected with us through those various platforms and come back again to hear more from Pastor Bill. There are many things to learn from the book of Judges, and we're just getting started. So make sure that you don't miss a single edition of A Transforming Word. Transforming Word.